real right now. Mr. DL. Two, two, two. Two, two, two. Who's off? Yo, yo, we are here. Here. Episode 19 of the Danger Zone Podcast. One nine. You understand? That's Catch up. With Big Show. Mr. DL, yes. Chef Tanya. Chef Tish. We got a special guest coming in today. Yeah, my man Freddie Fox is coming through. Oh, so, uh, Mumpy Knuckles, you know what I mean? Y'all know Pop Duke, my man. So, <laughs> Militia Brother, he coming through. So, you know, what's good with you though, man? Nah, man, I'm good. Uh, uh, I just want to start, we usually start with hip-hop, but I think this week we're going to start with some comedy drama. A few episodes back, we were talking about the beef between DL and Monique. Oh, yeah. Remember? You yeah. remember this? They were having they were having issues, so they got they I both thought, got. I thought it was DL. Was beefing with time. Oh no! Go ahead, go ahead. That's all, only off camera. Yeah, go ahead. Um, <laughs> um, so <coughs> last last night or two nights ago, maybe they they were both booked on a show, and um, there was some argument backstage about who's the headliner and who's not. Mm-hmm. So DL Hughley says, "I'm not going out unless I headline." So Monique comes out on stage, and instead of doing her set, she just trashes the shit out of D.L. Hughley the whole whole time. Calls him a bitch. Oh, shit. Calls him, you know, a bunch of words that we're not going to say here on the Danger Zone podcast. Maybe Big Shook can, but I'm not going to say that. Some people let Tanya say that. But. (laughs) And then he said, you claim Oprah was the problem. You claim Tyler Perry is the problem. You claim Charlemagne's the problem. Mm. You claim Steve Harvey's the problem. You say Lee Daniels is the problem. You say Netflix is the problem. And now it's my turn. At some point, it can't be everyone else. It's you. Mm. She mm. was doing that whole, she had that whole meltdown about the whole Netflix thing. She's on her comeback tour, and now she's just coming out on stage bashing people. And then she her, her closing line was, um, you were an opener for the kings of comedy. I was the closer for the queens of comedy. And mm-hmm. I was just like, no one gives a fuck about no one gives a fuck about the queens of comedy. Insensitivity uh, of Mr. DL. But hey, I'm gonna tell insensitivity. you. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you though, like, I, well, I do though because it, because there's some funny women that I really oh, no, no, I enjoy. Are like, we comparing the two? Or, uh, we're not gonna. Not, compare I mean, them, but that's know, like that's like the WNBA against the exactly, NBA. yeah. But there's some hilarious chicks. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, like Monique's funny. She's funny. The, that, that new girl, uh, Jess, <laughs> hilarious. Like there's some funny like women, a lot more Samoa from back in the day. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I, I there's some funny funny. Uh, uh, women out there, man, keep doing your thing. So who we got next, Chef Tanya? Oh, so Spice One um, is mad at who is he mad at for saying that Jay Z has P Diddy? Oh, P Diddy. Okay. Yeah, he's saying uh, he he was mentioning that Big a Biggie. I mean, Jay Z hasn't filled uh, Tupac and Biggie's um, shoes um, because especially Tupac, him being probably you know West Coast, you know he's mm. more aligned with that um but man that's his take man that's that brother's um perception that's what he thinks whatever me i i don't i feel like jay-z is dope regardless yeah so if they were there they just would have been another mc like him yeah that hey, why does he have to thing. be better than both of them like i don't understand um, why people think if biggie and tupac were still alive that other rappers wouldn't exist nah jay jay nice. <laughs> you know what i'm saying like, like those Jay-Z hundreds of rappers you know when, the, it, when they rap and plus but I'm saying, it's like all stars, Michael Jordan and all them in the league. Evolve. Yo, yeah. but not even that. Fucking Jay Z is one of the the, the, the all stars, the icon like mm-hmm. that. 
Like when you look at Jordan and say, I'm getting them sneakers, he ain't played in a hundred years. Yeah. You know, Jay-Z is that dude where you're like, yo, yeah. this motherfucker's nice. Even like like right now, look at they go to get features from him. Push the T's joint. You know, um with Nas, they go get little features from him. Them shits is fucking slaying. You know, and he just chilling like, you know, he could be. My son was telling me, man, earlier, man, he could be in the studio somewhere, like still, you know, flexing his vocals and shit. I don't we don't know, but I mean to me. He would have still been Jay Z. Shout out to Spice One because man, I, when he was when he was popping in the early days, man, doing his thing though, you know what I mean? I, I was like listening to his shit and all that. So Here comes the insensitivity of Mr. DL Part Two of the episode. I think those both of those guys couldn't fill Jay Z's shoes. Oh, it, 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 Biggie, Biggie Big, and Tupac. Nah, well maybe I think Biggie. Nah, Tupac, no. I don't. Tupac, I think, was more a different kind of rap. You got to remember that all the, and they were both great or whatever, but you got to remember that all this lore was added to their greatness because they got murdered. I don't think so. Not me as a, a I mean, fan. I mean, I think they were, I think, I love, they I, were very I talented Biggie, before it. Per, personally, so Biggie actually was my favorite rapper. Okay. Like, still is. Hmm, like, nice. you know, but I mean, the mother motherfuckers is dope as shit, though. I, 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 hey. <clears throat> There's a whole bunch of room in the palm There's for motherfuckers. So you think you think um, Biggie? It's hard to say because he really only was alive for one album. Yeah, but so I it's mean, hard to say if he really had the career Jay Z would have would have had. Or I, come on, man. He, first of all, they say this is a motherfucking mm -hmm. fly, fat dude chilling in the studio smoking blunts, and then be like, okay, I'm ready, <laughs> and just go record. Come on, me? No, yeah. nah, still listen. <laughs> you be, you might be little Biggie, pause. You might be. Uh -oh. You might be Biggs in a blanket. <laughs> you, yeah. The danger zone. Yo, that's what I'm trying to say. Listen, La zona I, de peligro. I, I don't like when people say that oh, if Tupac was around, nah, fucking, I, this guy would never be around. I'm not, you really I'm don't not know one dude, how they would evolve. Tupac wasn't evolve. stopping anybody from being nah, around. I'm not a dude to be aligned with that bullshit either. So, yeah. you know. But I mean, I'm just saying, like, when Spice One came out, I, I was playing the shot. Yeah. I was fucking. So, you know. We got next up there, Tizzle. Next. Eminem. And the game. Oh, they're still going at it. Well, it's, it's not really even going at it because uh, you don't. He's hear, still going. Yeah, at you it. don't hear nothing from, from <laughs> them side. Yeah. So the thing is, though, the game. You know, is if anyone doesn't know, he has claimed that you know he's the better rapper. Mm -hmm. um, he said, like he said, he was once. He's just on that show, man, with uh, with um, shoot, what's dude's name? Man, I fucked that up. Matt Hopper. Matt Barnes. He was just oh. on Matt that show with Matt Barnes and um. Oh, the Steve Jackson, yeah, 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 yeah okay. I believe it's both of them, or maybe it's Mad. I know talking about. Anyway, he was talking about, hey, you don't hear Eminem in the locker room, which he's right, but then part of it that is right, because one song that motherfuckers was fucking with, and that locker room shit and whatever is that lose yourself joint. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know that my, I, I that that part, I, I can't agree with. It, yeah. And it's coming out of people's cars and shit like that, nah, you was hearing that in the streets, you wasn't hearing that in the hood. Whatever, you know what I mean? So, and he said that Eminem um, had more money behind him, more backing, which is true too. But to me, it's, they're two different MCs. Dude, I don't think Game's whack by a long shot. You know, no, I, he's I, definitely I'm really whack, nice. Who we yeah. got next up there? What's good up there, man? Mr. DL people, now. <laughs> <laughs> no, shh. Sh this is DL. 
Yeah, next up. <laughs> yeah, DL, that's just cool as shit. I think it's next, Nicki we have Nicki Minaj. Yeah, Nicki oh, Minaj. Nicki Minaj. Word. Well, all hot Barbies. Nicki, are her hot Barbies, Barbies out in that picture? Oh, just... yeah, you like that, huh? Nicki no, Minaj. her Barbies are not out in this picture. Yeah. Word. Put one up well, there that her Barbies She looks are very pretty. But it's cool. Uh, shout out, Nicki Minaj named Maxim Magazine's new creative director. Oh, wow. Okay. Good oh, for you, Nikki. Maxi, Maxim Betts Global Ambassador, Nikki Minaj. Nice. So they think that her creative... <laughs> She's really smart. So no, no, they think that is. her creative energy and what she brings to the table can elevate them to the next level. What else y'all got up there, man, girl, boy? Well... <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yo. I think he's on that fire. Y'all got me fucked up. And on another note, yeah. it's been a long time coming. We've seen a lot of crazy things happen between oh these, these two. Who you pulling? And maybe one side more heavier than the other. Whose belt are you pulling? Oh, yeah. That's your but let's talk about Johnny Depp and Amber. What was the outcome? The outcome is she owes him $15 million and he owes her $2 million. So she owes him thirteen million, I guess, because there was so many things they were suing for so so many things. But she, when he came, and, and uh, she was guilty of everything, <coughs> everything that she accused him of, and he was only guilty of one thing for her. But but the thing is, is he's tried to sue her for a hundred million dollars because she ruined his career. Like let me be real, like everyone's like, oh yeah, well, well he won in court. I'm like, all right, well check this out. He was getting Disney checks that he's not gonna get anymore. He's gonna get some checks though. Not from Disney though, because a he, he won his case. But now the whole world knows that he's a fucking weirdo. And they're not going to want to associate themselves with him. I would well, not say would, that he's well, would a weirdo. Would you rather be him? Yo, would you rather be Johnny Depp or Kevin Spacey? Oh, oh, Johnny Depp's fine as far as he like. I don't think everyone loves him again. I felt bad because everyone thought he was like a woman beater and everything like this. He lost all his jobs. It's hard to it. come back from certain perception. Even when people, when you're found innocent. When they say, hey, this is the okay. guy that did it. It's, it's still it's like a first impression kind so, of thing so much shit is so exposed now that there's even those little cracks you can find shit he did get screwed but yeah. now um, sit his little ass on the best this is what they said the one thing send him off. <laughs> he said <laughs> one thing I thought was crazy how much money this guy makes they said that his uh, um, his means outweighed what he was making still even with all that money so what the John fuck Hey, you know I was in a movie with him, Black Mask, but Johnny Johnny Depp is still my man. Yeah, yeah he's awesome. So I love Johnny step Depp. Step on your tippy toes and let it keep on going. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. Let's get into sports. In the finals, we have Boston Celtics, my team, man, for real, um, against the Golden State Warriors. Uh, it should be a great series. You know, um, as people know, uh, early in the year, the Celtics, Boston Celtics, we're struggling. People thought they should break up their uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and all the others. And then they, at one point they caught that fire, that grind, that cohesiveness and became great and became number one out of the East. So, and they're the top defensive team, one of the top. Um, it's just that they're, they're playing really great basketball. And I think, you know, like they say, matches make fights, you know what I'm saying? Or, or styles make fights. And then you got, uh, Curry, Clay Thompson, uh, Draymond, you know, even Jordan Poole, Wiggins. You got some shooters now. You got some people that, you know, pose different problems for Miami. But shout out to them. It should be exciting. 
for and, uh, yo Golden State. And yeah, with for Boston, he don't know what time. <laughs> for Boston, you said Miami. Also, my uh, yeah, Miami, yeah, uh, DJ Khaled. You know, <laughs> you was hoping that you know Miami, you, you thought they was gonna win Game Seven. You know what I'm saying? And uh, all I got to see, say to you, not another one. <laughs> that simple, yo. It's that simple. You might hear a song every once in a while when you're well, watching yeah, the yeah, NBA Finals. Pay attention. Mm. Pay attention. The next episode, we'll rock with you about it. Yes, yes. We have here today our special guest, Freddie Fox, a.k.a. Bumpy Knuckles, a.k.a. The Man, The Myth, and The Legend, my man, 1,000 grand. Those who do know or don't, um, just get them caught up, you know, on, the, on you know, 78, baby. Mm. Started my design crime in 78, born in 1967, so I could never relate. Mm. I was told by I forever be great, so I could be 93, and you'll still get scraped. Mm. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> I started rocking I started rocking a mic in the sixth grade, bro. 1978, mm. the sixth grade. Mm. Wow. And and, and and uh that's what I've been doing. You know what I mean? Right. That's what was your what was your name back then? Freddie C. Freddie C, okay. Hmm. Yeah, she sound like a chicken spot. Yo, yo, <laughs> yo, people don't know it's my man. It's my man, dog. It's too many stories with me and Freddie. Like, so as you first jumped into, you know, to the game as far as, um, um, you know, as Freddie Fox, you know, professionally with it, you know, we just, uh, was it the flavor, flavor unit first, or was it before that? Well, nah, it was uh, it was uh, Eric B signed me. Okay, it got me at MCA. Okay, before that, before that, I was on Zakia Records, mm. uh, and I did I did a, a song on Zakia, mm. and then uh, that was uh, I did I mean I did a song on Nia. I was on uh, on Nia Atlantic. Right. With, that was a label that was owned by the Aileen Brothers, who mm. did release yourself. And I was signed to a, a management deal through a production deal through OT Fresh Productions, and the record was with a crew, a crew called Supreme Force, and we did co-handling things and come out fresh. And that mm. was in that was in six. Mm, mm. That was my first deal. I was in '86. Wow. Is it is there any is there any truth to the rumor that you were almost it was almost Eric B and and you as a group? Is there any truth to that rumor? Yeah. It was definitely, it definitely truth to it. You know, that story's been told a billion times mm. over, and it definitely was true. But he didn't want Eric was looking for a solo artist, not somebody. He didn't want the whole group, so I just decided I'd stay with the group because I didn't want to, you know, not I didn't want to not complete what we were gonna do was make a record together. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so I, you know, I didn't, I didn't do the Eric B thing. But he ended up managing, you know, which was a good, good look. I was really always about the boom, like in the back. You know what I mean? Like I'm talking about the physicality, all that type of shit was what I was like. That's me coming in, like whatever. And I remember I seen you, and I was like, "Yo, this dude was like, you know what I'm saying? He, 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 he has that. Like that's what, like, you know. I'm, I'm liking this type of shit, you know, that you were spitting. And then I ultimately saw um, uh, get to get tough shit, to get rough. You know what yeah, I mean? And then the yeah. fact you was working out, you know what I mean? Like ramen. And I'm saying that yeah. shit. That, it's funny how we came together to how we did. But that was like my whole, my view on that, like, you know, and, and, and you and like, uh, and hip hop. So when you see, when you came in and you were like that, cause I mean, your presence was like, yo, okay, I, we know how it is. Like they look at you and they, they yo, yo, you don't really want to fuck with him. He sound like how them rhymes are. 
Like, were you aware that that's how the fans looked at you? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Sorry, but mm -hmm. we ain't live, so I could. Yo, I'll call you back, nephew. Sorry, man. <laughs> Sorry about that. So the, were you aware the fans per, uh, perceived you like that? or did, uh, And did you want that image? Like, that's that's why you were bringing I, it? You know? Yeah, I really didn't. I didn't. I didn't really care about perception. I was just giving you how I was feeling. You know right. what I'm saying? I, and I always tried to stick to that as a, as an MC, as a, as an artist, as I grew into becoming an artist. Right. You know what I mean? Because I started off, I was an MC. Mm -hmm. So I started becoming an artist and, 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 and growing into that space. I gave less and less care to to what I lead. I, like I, what I put out there is what I put out there. You know what I mean? And once I do that, I learn to detach myself from it because whether people like it or not or accept it or not, it's, I'm not going to go back and change what I did. I right. did what I did. I rocked high rock. So I was just giving you my honest feelings about how I was feeling. You know what I mean? I was in I was in a war with, you know, what used to be fun became business and the shit wasn't fun no more. Right. Which, right. which, which led me to all the way to industry shakedown. Like, you know what I mean? And that shit was like... You know, I, I, everybody was thinking of, I, was, I wasn't trying to put out an image. I was just trying to, I was expressing myself exactly how I was feeling about the disappointment that I was running into with my dreams mm -hmm. and, and, my, and my desires and shit. Like, you know what I mean? We were, we were at the same time, you know, in the era of hip hop where if you didn't like it, like if we didn't like something that was being presented, we was gonna go check it for real. Like it wasn't on the phone or like today's social media or whatever. It was like, okay, I got to go over here and straighten this out. So, you know, there was the the, the rumor and the myth, so to speak, of um, you having a situation where you had to go up into a, list, uh, a, a label and confront people. Let's be hundred. Let's be hundred. Shit, I've been I've been chasing my money all my career, my whole right. career. Right. Music business is about who can get over on the other person. Right. And don't step up and, and go after what you have earned, then they gon then they get comfortable taking you from you. You know right. what I'm saying? It's right. like you, you know, and I'm not I'm not even just talking about late major labels. I mean mm -hmm. shit. I used to have to always call fat beats to get paid. I didn't just get a check in the mail like it was like it was supposed to be done. Mm -hmm. I had to call up and tell them, hey yo, dog, what's up with my bread? Mm-hmm. And that that you know that it, it, and that doesn't make him any different from anybody else. That's just what the game is. And, right. and there's been different time, plenty of times when I had to step to my business and, and, and say, hey, yo, you're not, you know, you taking from me, man. It, it don't work like that. Of course, you know, we if they're doing it to you, imagine what they're doing, doing to everybody. My thing, yeah. another thing too is because of our presence. I mean, I've had fans you probably too with. They like, yo, you know what I'm saying? Um, you ain't gonna have to knock nobody out tonight. You ain't gonna do this, whatever. When you're way past that. But they still have that, like, you know what I mean? Like, they think motherfuckers is, you know, jumping in rings. Or or, or I've had people where you can hear them whisper around you. Like, oh, that's so-and-so. But they don't really want to step you because they think that with they, that persona part of it is you. Like, you know what I mean? And, like, do, do you ever encounter stuff like that? All the time. Because because what happens is people start living their, their wildest fantasies through you. Right. They start, li start living that... that persona through you and then whenever you whenever you you know do what you really supposed to do and and alter you know if you if you making music right mm. and you feel in one certain type of way mm. and you express that feeling and it connects with a person they they lock in on that right. but what you should never 
allow people to do is put you in a box. Right. See, that's that's your fault. If, if people if people put you in a box and you stay there, that's on you. Right. But if you you know you can't be sixty years old making the same record you were making when you was twenty years old. Yeah. That's why I always say our oh, hip hop is a is a rap at a certain age because you got these old ass niggas out here still gangsters. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Telling you they'll shoot you and they ain't been active in forty years. Right. And they still rapping that shit. So if you ain't grow up mentally in your pen and you ain't showing people, you know, and I a lot of you know, I heard cats like Soldier Boy and certain cats say, yo, the Jesus, they disappoint us, man. They let us down. And in some instances that shit is real because mm-hmm. you have to look at what you what you lead. And if you leading people through something and you leading hip hop with your pen and you writing bars, if your shit ain't growing and the people listening to it ain't either not growing and they gonna go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's it's it's, a, it's the responsibility of the artist to do art. Mm. Niggas out here talking about fights and all that shit that they never had. Niggas out here talking about shit. you know guns and shit and all the crazy shit. Yo, we people been there, done that. Now what? Mm. You know what I mean? But artists, we supposed to do art. We supposed to be able to. And if and if and if being in the street is your art, that's fine. Right. But even streets, you grow up mentally. Even in the streets, you go to another level mentally. And if right. You respect it as a cat that's an old head or OG or whatever. You know the penalty for being in the street hard body. Mm-hmm. It could go, go a lot of ways. What is that fuck does that have to do with music? Right. It's 100%. Where's the, where's the rhymes at? Where the bars at? Where the beats at? Right. You know what I mean? But where, where's the music? A lot of shit people talking about has nothing to do with music. Mm-hmm. Get on the mic, rock the mic. Either you nice or you not. If you ain't gonna rock, get the fuck out the way. Let somebody do this shit that wanna do it. <laughs> DJ, get on stage, the fuck you do. And stop fucking beefing with everybody. Nigga, play the fucking music. If you ain't ready to play the music, put somebody back there that's ready to do this. Let's right. get back to music. Yep. That's what it is. I always believe that uh, success is supposed to breed um, separation. Meaning that because we succeed, because that's what we wanted to do. Coming up in the game, shit. You want to make money. You want to be a, a, a dope MC. You want to be respected in, in that in that art. Do you feel like, damn, this, this shit is, is doomed, or do you feel like there, there's there's some hope, like for these motherfuckers? You know what I mean? The whole. You know, honestly, hip hop ain't never gonna be doomed, and right. I'm gonna be honest with you. Right. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna hundred thousand percent honest. Right. I hope these little. I hope these little motherfuckers out here make so much money that. They buy up everything that we ain't supposed to have. Right. <laughs> and I'm why? Because we ain't never been able to do that. I remember when three hundred thousand dollars was a good look for an album deal, and then you in a situation, you in a situation where, where some motherfucking label, after you they you've recouped your money, they still own your masters. Right. right. What do the you- fuck is that? And these little these little motherfuckers out here, I hope they get so rich and buy up everything we ain't supposed to have, cause they're not all stupid. Mm. And we, I refuse to charge them with what's going on in the street as a representation of hip hop, cause I see a lot of motherfuckers, new hip hop um, platforms posting and putting people on front pages when they get murdered, but they're not talking about the music. Mm. Yeah, That's, the hip hop is being eaten from the inside out. Because it's motherfuckers who know better, they know better than the shit that they're putting out there as hip hop, and that they people are trying to forefront what's going on in the streets with rap music, and it's, it's it's detrimental, bro. Because ain't nobody talking about the music. Where's the fucking music? Right. That's the 
fucking line. So if these dudes is out here shooting, and niggas been dying for years, yeah. killing each other for years. We've been doing that shit. The most violent motherfucker on earth, the most violent person on earth is the white man. Look at his history and what he's done to motherfuckers, skinning motherfuckers and cutting people's balls off and all this crazy shit. I refuse to put it on a, a young black rapper that he's the, he's the reason the world is fucked up. Are you fucking kidding me? All the stuff you've learned over your career, uh, all the experience and every, everything like that, do you think if you were able to talk to your younger self, do you think you would your younger self would listen to what you had to say? Or do you think that's kind of what's going on with these kids right now, the same thing? They ain't really trying to listen because they're kind of set in their own ways. Well, I always listen to, to OGs in my hood. I always listen to yeah. the old heads. I did, but you know what? I'm not, I never listened. I know who, which OG to listen to because there wasn't no old dude out there dressed like me. There wasn't no old dude out there who was trying to represent what I'm representing and he passed his prime and that doing if he was doing something that was different from what I was doing and leading me in a way that was showing me how to be better than what I was doing absolutely I'm listening but I'm not listening to no motherfucker tell me I'm standing on the corner with somebody who ain't accomplished shit yeah telling me how to do something that he can't do himself mm. okay how does that sound that sound crazy to you right mm. <laughs> so that's how they look at it that's how they that's how they look at us you know what I'm saying? They don't look at us as, you know, they look at us as OGs because niggas is old. Mm. They not looking at you as an OG because you accomplished some great shit that they aspire to do. Mm. Yeah, yeah there's, dudes out here, there's dudes out here that rock the mic. There's dudes out here that rock the mic that been rocking the mic since fucking the park days on cassette tapes and shit, but they ain't never sold a record. Mm. The fuck they gonna tell these little niggas out here now that got their ears wrapped around Sony and, and, mm. and, and all these major companies dropping the bag on them? What are you gonna tell them? Mm. Keep it hip-hop? Right. And he ain't never sold a record nowhere? You think they wanna listen to that shit? That you know was what I tell bar. these young cats? You know, what I, you know what I tell these young dudes? You know what I tell them? Learn the business. That's my advice. Mm. Stop, stop, you need, the old, old head niggas need to stop trying to Keep it, Captain. Keep it real with these dudes, and let them, sh and just tell them. Just the advice is the mistakes I made. This is the mistake I made. Learn the business before you get in it. Right. Learn it, study it, everything you could possibly think, because there's a time. There's gonna be a time when niggas don't fuck with you. I have a line in one of my songs that said, "When niggas ain't buying downloads, can you switch to underground mode?" Mm. Mm. Oh, that's, that's hard. what it is. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. You have to know. It ain't about who got more. Some of these dudes is out here. They chasing they looks, mm -hmm. and they mm -hmm. stuck in the camera chasing they looks, and ain't nobody making no fucking records. Mm, Hip hop true. is dying from the inside out. It's our fault that this fucked up, mm. and, and, it's, and and if it's fucked up, you can't blame the young rappers. That's not cool because we was. If you blamed us, like when we came out, we came out after Melly Mel and them. Mm. You know what I mean? And I used to hear all these dudes talking about. Oh, everybody want to be hard now, and the rap ain't that. It's supposed to be fun and, and community and all that. They was killing us about that shit. Mm -hmm. That '90s era that we was boom bapping. They was sneak dissing and all kind of shit. <laughs> mm. And then you look now at these young cats getting all this bread and doing it. I hope they buy every motherfucking thing that they that we ain't supposed to have. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and 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 continue to do that, but if. Be rich, you know, that fly shit, but make music, man. That's what this is about. This is the music business. And these platforms, these these hip-hop um, uh, magazines and all them, they need to stop posting shit that ain't got nothing to do 
they, or, or at least give us a balance. Mm. You know, let's talk about music, man, and not stop all the goofy shit and who's beefing with who and who yeah. is dying and dying and who this and who that and all yeah. these motherfuckers is shooting each other up. They front page. Mm. If you're an aspiring rapper, mm. they throwing you on the front page if you get shot or you go to jail. But mm. they not talking about the music you making in the fucking garage. Right, right. Shit's deep, you know. Come on, man. That's what the fuck are we doing here, man? Like, we we set a precedent, Shug, walking out on a stage behind one of the greatest DJs hip-hop will ever know. Mm. On With us on stage, we fixing mixes in the middle of the show. We rocking the mic. We passing the mic. We all joining in together, doing having mm. a great time spitting bars. It was mm. about music. Mm. Mm. All the tough shit, they always been through that. I mean, they've been shit. Back in the days when Al Green and the motherfuckers was running, they was shit. always into shit. It was no fights and shit. It, no it was it was things. Dre was dressing like the pimps and shit, man. Right. The streets have always been a part of the culture, but it's right. never been the forefront of the information. Do you right. think it? Do you think it's like kind of like the fashion era now because it's hard to make money on the actual music? That now it's become more of oh my 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 clothes, my merchandise. Do, do you think maybe that has something to do with it? Industry shakedown, uh, 24 hours. The first, the thing, the first line says, "It is no longer 1999, and we live in a world of one-track minds, where the industry feeds us fashion design that creates MCs that cannot rhyme." <laughs> yeah. mm. Now, I saw this shit in I saw it in 2000. Yeah, that's so kind of when, when it started. You, know, you, I saw it in 2000. Go, you know, when the th- 2000s came and you started seeing people focusing more on fashion mm. than music. You know, hip hop became part of that. You know, I don't, I can't really speak for country music and all of that stuff, and I don't really know it like that. But yeah. I know when I look at black music, people pay attention to the motherfucker with the best story. Mm. They don't care about the facts no more. And whoever got the best story, that's what they want to hear. And shit, you know what I'm saying? Mm. And as MCs, we supposed to be able to control that narrative by keeping people focused on dope records yeah. and dope bars and dope beats and dope. And everybody's making the same, these underground motherfuckers, the same fucking beat. If they keep talking about trap niggas is rapping over the same beat. These underground niggas is rocking over the same beat. Yeah. And they not rapping, they not rapping anything different than the shit they was talking about months ago, years ago. Mm. Elevate your brain cells into something that everybody know you got a better pen than that. So you, so show that. That's what MCs do. Mm. You know what I'm saying? If you, it, it, half the time niggas ain't even listening to the, to the lyrics. Mm, How people, you ever see people do that? You ever see people do that? They go, they put the song on, and as and, and soon as the beat comes, oh, like it's easy to say you don't like something. Mm, mm. You know what I'm saying? As an MC, it's easy to say, oh, I didn't rock on that because I ain't like the beat. But it's better to say for the fans to say, yo, he bodied that. I would have liked to heard him on a better beat though, but he killed that. <laughs> shit. Yeah, yeah. you know true. what I'm saying? It's true. People are always intertwine us as, you know, and me too as, as like the militia brothers the militia whatever and so just real quick the, the history left for people you know but as we did that record like how was it brought to you and how did you even come into the fold with Gangstar to do this song you know um Premier I met Premier in a city one day in the street I think I was coming out of a MCA or one of them labels mm-hmm. I was coming out of one buildings and I seen Premier, we was walking down the street together and he's like, oh wow, Freddie Fox, yo, like, I like your stuff. And then we just started talking. I was, you know, I, I was like, I called him Gangstar. That's what I said. I didn't know it was 
name was Premier. I called him Gangster. I was like, yo, Gangster. Gangster. <laughs> and um, no, yeah, and then we 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 started, you know, we start, started talking about, you know, just just music, you know what I mean? And then he said, yo, take my number, you know, I we switch numbers or whatever, and um, we broke out. And then I got a call later to do, um, a OC record. Mm. You know what I mean? I got a call to do an OC record at D&D and I went to there and did the OC record. And then shortly after that, Premier hit me with, yo, Guru wants you on, um, wants to know if you'll do this song with us called The Militia. Mm. And I was like, out. And, I, and um, he, he gave me the beat on a cassette tape. Mm. Oh, and I, and I, you know, I went to the crib and I, I went to the crib. I sat down with it you know, for a couple of days and I put my pieces together. Mm. And then, um, when when I came in to do it, I was I was actually out moving around, and I came in to do it, and I laid I laid my vocals, you know what I'm saying, and that was that that was a dope moment because you know I really wasn't really hip to like how good of a producer Premier was, you know what I mean? I wasn't hip to that. I wasn't I wasn't really because I we didn't focus on that back in the day. We wasn't focusing on who was the dope producer and who wasn't. We just we just was looking for beats. I never was a beat picker. Like I tried to body everything somebody gave me. Yeah, I never was a I never was a dude who said, "Oh, I don't like the beat." I ra I rapped to some shit that I would. This beat records that I rocked on, that came out on albums that I probably never would have picked mm. if somebody would have picked this. Like I go to Premiere, I go to Pete or any of them and say, "Yo, um, you know," they'll say, "Yo, they'll give me the beat." And I was like, "Oh, that's dope," and I'll see, you know, I'll just take them and rock to them. I wasn't trying to be picky like nowadays. Everybody's so fucking picky because. Mm. They looking for they looking for the octane because they 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 really running out of gas. Yeah, they ain't got no. Gas. You know, what I mean? niggas ain't got no bars, so they want to have the illest beat ever. So somebody yeah. can say, yo, even if they take the instrumental, that's my beat. I rapped on it first. It's all yeah. the fuck. Yeah, of course. So, but but as far as the doing the militia, that was that was how I got to Guru asked Premier to ask me to be on it. Right. That's how I got on. it. My shit was like I'm sitting in this room. Uh, I spent, came, pr Premier flew me in, and so I'm in his crib, and he's making the beat in the other room. And so I'm in the other room, and I don't, I didn't write at that point. I was more like freestyling. So I was like, damn. As the light started getting more on me, well, I was like, damn. Now I, I gotta, I gotta start writing, but I gotta say something right for this shit. So he's playing, and he's coming back. He's like, yo, you like that? The, the music, you know what I mean? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. He said, you got something? I said, yeah, I got something, but I'm putting it together in my head right there. So now I got that whole verse. And I go in there, me and him left from there and did the verse. So I hadn't heard Guru do a verse or you. You know what I mean? I just knew that we were gonna be, you know, on this record. And then when I heard everybody, I was like, man, this shit is dope. Cause I don't even know how it was placed the way it was, but it was it, it felt like that, like where, you know, I was first, and it was still me coming into my own, like, okay, boom, now I'm rocking with these niggas and this is what it is, and then Guru. And then you came with the sledgehammer, you know what I mean, on, on, on some Thor shit, boom. So I was like, yo, this shit. And then the, the one thing people might not know too is the concept of the video came from you. You know what I mean? You, you, oh, no shit. Sure. Yeah, you, wow. can you explain like, you know, the, how you even, you know, brought, I know, but I mean, yeah. just how you brought that together, you yeah. know? Well, first, first I'm gonna back up a little bit. The, 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 the when I when I laid my verse on Militia, I think um, you and Guru had already rhymed on it already. Yeah, it's possible that because I wasn't. Yeah, yeah, you, know. yeah, you and Guru had already rhymed on it already, and 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 Premier, 
I listened to it in the studio for the mm. first time. I didn't have it on the tape at the house, so I had to listen to it a couple of times. I already, I had already wrote my rhyme without hearing what y'all did. Right. But I, but I, but I had this habit. I always had this. I come from a, from a, from a group of guys who wrote long verses. I always wrote. You know, I never, I, I wasn't counting bars like sixteen yeah. bar verses. I, I don't know where that shit came from. We just rocked until we finished saying what we say. So, you know, so when I, you know, I did that on, I did that on. I love, and I, I've suffered many a show because mm. of that shit. But oh, man. you know, at the end of it all, uh, I laid when I laid that. I, I knew that my delivery on that song had to be strong because it needed to have a strong finish because right. the music was so well put together. Mm. And after hearing what you, you know, how you how you took off on on the on the song, and then Guru. You know, took off on the song. I had, I would, I would have played myself if I didn't go hard body on that record. Right. Like I would have, I knew what it needed, and I come from a group background, so I was, I was comfortable with mic passing situations. You know what right. I mean? Of course. And at the end of it all, that's that. You know, that's that's how I got to that. But the video premiere said to me, said, "Yo, we all trying to come up with a video concept," and I was a big fan of Three the Hard Way, and I said to, to premiere, like, "Yo, we should just do Three the Hard Way, bro." That. You know the, the motorcycles and the, the the chicks on the motorcycle and all mm. that. I know, dude took credit for it, mm. but I laid that whole shit out in his ear, like, "Yo, homie, we should, you know, the the, the each section, the karate part yeah. with Guru, all of that stuff." We I, I told him about that. He was he, he took credit for. It. I don't care, you know, as long as the the project came out fire. That's yeah. all I really care <clears> about. You know, dude in the beginning screaming, you know, big show. Yeah, yeah. I want him dead now. Whatever yeah, yeah. the fuck he was saying all of that. You know that's that's those dramatics. I always was the guy who like had I got I got a good eye for visual stuff. Like I don't shoot a lot of video, I just don't. But I knew I saw that shit. That was an easy one. First of all, I come from that era, so I'm like, oh shit, a nigga get to do karate up in a, in a video. You know what I mean? <laughs> with the shirt on. You know what I'm but... saying? I'm so, yo, I'm telling you, this, people don't know. With that's how I started. Up. I was like. Oh shit! Sure. So then, cool. with a silk shirt, I had the. You know what I mean? And I already, I already knew some little, you know, street karate type shit, and then we put my shit, and then the dudes is like, "Yo, yeah, you could just throw us around and shit like that." I was like, so boom, like as I'm doing it, I'm smiling inside, like, cause I'm on some shit, like, oh shit, I'm on like some yeah, Jim girl. Kelly type, and you know we know the black exploitation, so I'm, I'm that dude right now. To the point, yeah. real quick on some funny shit in that thing. I did my shit, boom, 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 right? <laughs> then the fucking table, they had the breakaway table and the shit banged me in the shin. And you know that shin pain, everybody know that. Yeah. So, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in the mode. So I did that shit and my shit is killing, but I, I finished, you know, in the end, like, ah. And everybody's clapping, like, we just did a show. But after that shit went off and shit, I was like, oh shit, you know what I mean? Because that shit banged me out. But I was so adrenaline mm -hmm. flowing and mm -hmm. happy because I was like, Yo, that shit's gonna be fucking dope, you know. And then as we went to each one, and then I, I saw that shit all together, and it culminated when I went to the Source Awards, and they gave they they that was one of the songs that was for the finals, uh, for up for award, and oh, they shit. said the militia, they said the militia, and then it shows that part when I'm fighting, like you know, and then when at the Source Awards, hey, ah, I'm like wow, you know, and then I know you know, us knowing. That we we performed it hundreds of times since. 
But us knowing that, like, I knew where that came from, the video, how that visual made the song even bigger. That was one of their biggest songs. It was an underground song. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. I got a question about the militia before we we move on from it. Yeah, good. All right. So we all know the chorus is the most memorable part of the record. All right. That's, you know, that's obviously, that's that's how the music is set up. Do you think by saying your name on such a classic record on the chorus, helped elevate you or help with the longevity of both of your careers that's why i wrote it that way i wrote the chorus genius bro let me tell you yeah and and the reason i did that is because i believe that when you when when people when you want people to know you you have to you have to identify yourself on the song and and those those songs work great up at the top of your career especially so people can remember you which is why radio used to be so dope around you know back in the frankie crocker days because that was a big thing you play the song not only do you say the name of the song you say who the artist is and what you know where they can get the record like, yeah you, you know you, you point people in the direction of you as an artist and i go everywhere man motherfuckers say the whole shit still like big shook guru freddie the father's the militia and even like you know how we are if we're, if we're by ourselves we're performing that verse it's still the same energy, like everybody was there. Are there ten MCs that that you like and you 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 know from different eras, whatever? Who would you say? Not like a a top ten. It's just ten dudes that you even would line up. You know, I, that's a flip though. The question is a flip because it's like you, the way you flipped it is it's still the same thing. You're still a I top mean, ten. So. Yeah, yeah, he but, does it. He does but, it all the time. Hey, Shook, listen, Shook, you ain't the only old player in the room, homie. Yeah, <laughs> <Yo. laughs> <laughs> like I, I got you, son. Yo, I'm gonna give you ten. I'm gonna give you ten. Ten, I'll play along. Um, I'll start back. I'll, I'll go back. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of um, of Spoonie G. Oh, wow, of course. I'm a big Spoonie G fan. I always thought Spoonie G was so like the, like his ability to flow was a real big help to me as a as a young MC coming up in the game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, everybody know how much I love Kaz and and Mel and all mm-hmm. them guys, but from era Spoonie G, I, I I don't get to mention I, I don't mention much, but I should mention more because of his ability to flow. Then um, I got a lot of respect for Busta Rhymes. Oh yeah, he's one. Yes. I got a lot of respect. I watched Busta Rhymes on Smoke and Grooves tour. Right. Just totally dominate, like dominate. He, he was in the middle of the, he was in the middle of the lineup mm-hmm. and such a highlight and high point MC, man. Like, like this guy just don't stop. Like, nah. I don't, it's hard, it's hard to play after him. I know that. Yeah, I would have I agree, we yeah. was there. So. <laughs> And very hard, to, very hard to play after him, man. Um, I'm a, I'm, I'm, I love, I love MOP. You know, I got to give MOP they props cool. because, not, not just because it's a family thing, but only because I seen, them, I seen them guys work a room that was already tired, mm. Mm. and bring it back to life with their records. Their catalog is phenomenal to me. Right. You know, the way that consistent, that consistent sound, that consistent. Um, that consistent delivery, that that consistent, they're true to what the fuck they do. Like it's very hard to, to stick to, to something so well. Big Daddy Kane. Kane is so well educated in the art of MCing and individuality because of how he presents his work and how he presents his his self to the to the game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like that that 
impressive to me because Kane rock with a band mm-hmm. or rock with a DJ or it, like he makes he makes those kind of records. I used to hang with Kane. Kane used to say, "Oh, bump man, come out of crib," and we'd be running around. He used to actually go to rehearsal halls mm-hmm. and work out his on his show. Like Kane is that serious of an MC. Mm-hmm. I've seen him work with Blue Magic, and I've seen him work with Cool G Rap. Mm. And he bought everything. Mm. People probably gonna bug out when I say this, but I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you who I think is, in, in my eyes, is the most influential MC of all times. Mm. And I never would say. I never said this publicly before, but I'll say it with no with no hesitation. Is Rakim. Mm. Mm. And I'm gonna tell you why I said that. Because when Rakim came out, once Rakim came out, I heard Spoonie G switches flow up mm. and I was like you affecting the motherfucker that I think is probably one of the greatest that ever did it you gotta be the most influential of all time yeah man yeah. so if you go back and listen if you go back and listen to the original first Spoonie G records and then listen after Rakim came out mm. he switched to flow up you know and, and Rakim was always one of those guys that you know despite whatever differences I may have had with him I always had mad major respect for him as the yeah. MC Google yeah that's our man. Now, 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 outside of him being my man, I I remember sitting down with Guru. My first, the first reason I respected him is because he wrote his rhymes neat. Right. <laughs> we, Guru, <laughs> yo, Guru, Guru, and I used to compare our rhyme books on the tour bus. Right. You know, we was all writing rhymes, and I said, "Yo, you're the first rapper I've ever looked at their books, and I can read what you say, what you wrote." Like right. you. That, <laughs> That's you know what I'm saying? Usually you can't really read, but Guru wrote in graffiti, but it was still neat. Yeah. Like he had this type, you know what I'm saying? Right. And, right. and I like, like the way he set up his concepts. Guru had really dope concepts. He knew how to stick to the to the concept. He was lyrical, his delivery was unique, and he and he, and his cadence was special. He had a special cadence right. in his voice. Chub Rock. Nice. This is a great list right Chub here. Rock. Now I'll tell you why Chub Rock is dope to me, because Chub Rock Chub, Chub Rock Note is one of those guys that he knows what he has in the songs like that he has, his catalog, and he, he every single time I ever heard him perform them records, they sound the same. Same. Same energy and everything. <laughs> same energy. Same, like that's, that's, that's rocking the mic for you right there. That's, right. that's a heavy, you know what I mean? That's a heavy that's mic rocking. Yeah. You know what I mean? This, there's a new cat named Sire. He's a, not a really brand new. But Sairi the Kid is, is dope to me because mm-hmm. if you look him up, he's a dope songwriter. You know what I mean? And I think I and I I, I ran with him on on a on about a, on an album worth of beats. And mm-hmm. I sent him some beats and I said, I'm gonna let you make up the concept. I'll follow you. Mm-hmm. And everything he sent me back was fire. And I was inspired by that. And there's mm-hmm. very few MCs that I could I could get on a song with and be inspired like that to to, you know, from this generation. Mm. Like bars, you know what yeah. I mean. I'm not talking about internet bars. I'm talking about he got records out with really good songwriting on. Mm. I like I like Kumo D. Mm. 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 I like Kumo D. I like Kumo D because Kumo D was rugged. His, his delivery was rugged, and he and he's so intelligent. Mm. He he wasn't afraid to use and show you his intelligence in his lyrics, like mm. the like the, mm. the wordplay and the, the stuff that he says. You know what I mean? Mm. And it's the shit that he says, like, and the the one MC that I think is my final one is Snoop. Oh damn! I was, I was hoping I was gonna, was hoping for a West Coast, a West Coast. Dog. I love I West Coast, but I love Snoop because 
not not because he's wild lyrical or all that right. but when you when it come down to like ever since he came out mm-hmm. ever since he came out he been hot mm, yeah you know he's unique and i think that all of the you know i don't like rappers i don't like rappers just because they got bars I like them for a lot of reasons that I think if, if you put all those guys that I just mentioned, that 10 and made one MC, mm-hmm. that would be the greatest MC ever. You know what I'm saying? Because they, they all know, they all have a different element. You know what I mean? It's like a DJ who is, you got DJs who know how to do tricks really good. And then you got DJs that could do anything. They could play, they could play, you know, anything. You know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. anything. Yo, you know what? I, there's one other guy that I love, but I, I, sh- I, did, I he just popped into my head. Okay. It's AG. Put him in there. Who? AG. AG. Wow. AG is dope, man. Mm-hmm. From Dick, from DIT. Talked about him last week. A- yeah. Yo, AG is AG's probably one of the dopest lyricists that I've heard in like, mm-hmm. man, just in my experience in hip hop, he's just the way he puts his words together, mm-hmm. just Kane, insane, man. Uh, his, we had Sadat X on. Shout out to Sadat X last week. And, and he he mentioned that that was yeah. one of his, you know what yeah. I mean? And like it, 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 it was dope. Nice, like, yo. It, it, it's, see, it's your your nice. your list has been like one of the most unique. Uh, one that I've I've heard. Period is not the regulars, but they they great MCs. You know what I mean? And, and well, he also included a rapper we don't know yet. So what that that's dope. You know we got well, new, you know what? Because I don't I don't I, I don't allow the business to tell me who's dope or not. I yeah. look at I look at, I look at, I look at things from an influential point of view. Like I can tell I, I'm influenced by everybody I mentioned. And I could give you another 30 and tell you those guys on this too. But since it's 10 is 10, but I'm just saying I look at influence. Like who influences me to to, to be a dope MC to be better. You know what I mean? When I listen to some yo do a song with this guy and I say okay I know what I'm gonna do with this dude. He's not really that nice. You know I'm gonna do the record. I'll go listen to somebody better and act like in my head. I go next. You got any more questions, anyone? Oh, favorite producer? She says, "This is incredible," because she says, "Do you have a favorite producer?" Favorite producer. A favorite hip hop producer, or just a producer in general? A producer in general could any, be a hip hop, could be someone you want to work with, someone you admire. Gamble and Huff. Oh shit, that's Ooh. back in the day. That's, that's yeah. Yeah, that's, I love it. Gamble, that's like, this is great. You got steps and all that with that. So yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah, you know why I said gambling huff because because I love the fact that they consecutively has have been able to collaborate without the bullshit. Mm-hmm. They just want they make fire. They didn't get involved in all of the oh we when 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 Harold Melvin tried to come back to them and say yo fuck Teddy you know that they was like listen man fuck all that like get out of here with all that <laughs> this, is, this you know what I'm saying. They make great music, bro, and they—that's they, what they focused on. You know, that's mm-hmm. not—you never see them all out there posing in front of the Bentleys and all that shit and all mm-hmm. that extra shit. Half-assed record. They make great music. That's why I love them. Man, that's beautiful, man. We Quest, know that you man. did work with uh, the WWE with the with the music over there. Mm-hmm. I just want to know what kind of censorship they had. Did, did they sit you down and tell you what like? Were, were they on you about what you the, the language, the content, or did they just let you do you? No, they didn't. They first of all, nobody can sit me down and tell me anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but no, actually, actually, Vince McMahon was really cool. Like Vince McMahon, he didn't even, you know, John Cena was the one I had to relate. That was my boy. That's yeah. the one I have with. And 
they didn't really, you know, they were more on John not to do certain things than me. You oh, know okay. what I mean? They were more, they don't give a fuck about me. They was looking at maybe so, you know, making sure John Cena don't go outside of the, the box because John can get a little wild sometimes. And they have to kinda, <laughs> I love you know John what I mean? Cena. <laughs> so, so yeah, it was, it was, but you know, that was a, that was a cool experience working with them. It, it was, it was, you know, it was different. And I like to be able to take hip hop where I go. Everybody's always talking about, oh, one dude tries to say, oh, how you hip hop doing WWE? I said, man, when I walked in the door of WWE, I was hip hop. I brought it with me. Yeah. Everywhere I go, I take hip hop with me. So you got people out here on that, you know, they got to stay in the hood all the time or they, you know, but you, your responsibility as a hip hop artist is to take it to every genre and be and bring it with you. Yeah. That's how I do it. That's like, I look at it that way. And plus on top of that, fuck, what's more uh, uh, WWE than the perception that people have for rappers? Like they feel like me and you to this day is still going and knocking motherfuckers out. You know what I mean? So if you th if you think that's what he would do, I do shows now. Shit, at my advanced age, and motherfuckers are like, yo, shit, don't worry about nothing. You ain't gonna have to knock nobody out. Listen, motherfucker, the only thing I'm about to knock out is these bars and this show, right? And I'm gonna keep it moving. And then it's funny, like, because you did the John Cena shit and whatever, and that enabled, they want him to be cool, like you said, so that enabled him to be like now in commercials riding purple cows. You know what I mean? I know you done seen this shit. So I'm saying, like, if he went too well to the left, they couldn't have came with him with trash bags and purple cows yeah, like yeah. John Cena. You know what I mean? It is what it is. Another thing that people don't, aren't aware of is that you also have been doing a lot of producing. Um, mm -hmm. You probably always did. Probably more mm -hmm. so as being known as of late. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, I you enjoying that at this time or is that like just something that you even more like man you know what's your take like yeah I'm, I'm i'm hey man listen i produce i'm producing records for dmc which is like a a bucket list thing for oh, me man. you know what i'm saying i jealous i got i got records that i'm doing with all a live band album with me daru jones and mono neon mm. you know what i mean i got a bunch of stuff i've been producing I, i've been producing for years but now more mm. so because i don't like doing shows anymore Right, and, I mean, and I see everybody chasing the show game, and I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm good on that. Like, you know, what I mean, I I got next time I do a show, it's gonna be it's gonna be in a theater, mm -hmm. and it's gonna we're gonna be sitting down, and I'm gonna be telling them a story that they're gonna never forget. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Showing them the music and the errors that I've been through musically and what I've done, and you know that kind of shit. I want to do something bigger than just running out on stage with with somebody else's DJ behind me. You know what I mean? I want to do something totally different, and that and that's what I'm working on. You know, visuals and all of that fly shit. Like, like I'm 55, dog. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna be jumping up on stage to my motherfucking back go out of some dumb shit yeah. like that. <laughs> I tell you one thing, people don't know too about Monk. In '93, um, we did we performed at somewhere. I was doing jazz jazz with Google, and there was a lot of greats in the house in Atlantic City. Uh, it, was, it was an event called Impact. You know what I mean, if you Impact. remember. And this is when I seen him and saw you uh, rocking just rhymes with a with a cat with the drum set. You know what I mean? It was mm -hmm. just drum. It was just, that's it. You know what I mean? And that shit was like, mm -hmm. that shit was dope. I mean, everybody was there. I'm talking about Stevie Wonder was dead, the Laverne. Yeah. yeah, I remember Prince, that. Everybody. That's, you know, when we, when we back in the park days, mm -hmm. We was rapping over the breaks. You know, people got these overproduced records nowadays, all yeah. elaborate with all the music, but mm -hmm. back in the days, the DJ 
rock to the break. So I, so the drummer was just playing the break to me. That's all that was about. Sure. But I like to try to still keep it there drum wise. You got to keep the, dr the drums and the MC. That's the connection. That's the, you know what I mean? We'll do a part two. That'll be dope. I'll I, I, I definitely commit to doing a part two. With you. No Enjoy question. That's beautiful, man. Freddie Fox was good. You know, I romance, man. He used to be a loud motherfucker, man. Yeah, That's man. He get loud. Yeah, no, I got and we, we love that dude, man. But he got loud that day, and then Freddie was not having it. Mm. So so we're in an airport, and the floor is like mop and glow. The floor <laughs> is like some straight, waxed up, smooth shit. Like, Someone you know. Put the elbow. It looked like you could skate on that shit. That's how it looked. So Freddie square up like, yo, man, you gonna stop talking to me like that. It was some shit like that. Going to turn the other way. And, and he had on flip-flops and socks, right? <laughs> and nigga looked down at his feet, looked at Bumpy, looked back down, and walked, right? <laughs> and then so later on, I catch up with him. I'm like, yo, man, man, what's the, what happened? He said, listen, this is how I used to talk to all the time. He was like, listen. I was not gonna have Freddie Fox mopping me up around the airport. What you got next? Well, so what's Jake? next? Stupid as hell. Ba -ba 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 -ba. Stupid as hell. <laughs> man, stupid as hell. I don't even know who it was. I never asked. Your man. Sometimes stupid it's obvious, like the find out. like the guy who fought Mike Tyson. That was obvious. Stupid as hell. Feeding, the best feeding bar goer. Stupid as hell. <laughs> Your man, stupid as hell. All right, who we got? Yo, yo, it's what it is, man. Hey, yo, Albert Bailey, one of the most stupid criminals of all time. <laughs> there is no doubt that this criminal, Albert Bailey, is one of the world's dumbest criminals. This man and his partner plan to accomplish a mission that was for bank robbing. So here comes the stupidest moment, moment about them, right? These two robbers called the bank before they entered and told them, we coming. We coming, yo. All right, so. Whoa. <laughs> so, and then after that, employees know that the robbers are on their way. And they have enough time to call the cops. <laughs> because Albert Bailey and his man is like, we coming, yo. So they, <laughs> when they get over there, uh, well, this, uh, uh, the incident took place in Connecticut. And according to these thieves, they wanted the banks um, they warned the bank, so the bank can get threatened to collect and get the money ready when they get there, so they don't gotta spend that much time. Um, you know, the, and, and, right. and the bottom line is it like, listen, let me just tell you, Albert Bailey, and you stupid as hell. If you're gonna rob a bank or rob anything, I'm not condoning. We ain't had the uh, podcast. Uh, Danger Zone ain't condoning robbing, but don't call the motherfuckers and say, "Oh, I'm coming to rob you." All right. Unless you're trying to go to jail. <laughs> so okay. this week's stupid as hell is Albert Bailey. You know what it is, man. So we got some good, um, yeah, some good uh, episodes in the backlog. You can see them all right here on the channel. Check we recently interviewed Billy right. Dans. We interviewed Nick Speed, John, John Abraham, Sadat X, Sadat X, Eric Bobo, Cypress Eric Hill, Eric Bobo. I'm missing one. Uh, got more terminology. Coming. Yeah, term from the gate. Shout out to terminology. Friend you know what I'm saying? Show. You know what it is. Yo, I want to give a shout out. You know, you know, dude, young dude trying to come up. Um, his name is Rockwell. You know what I'm saying? Uh, on Instagram, he's at Rockwell Artists. 
He just dropped his debut album, The Witching Hour, out now. Yo, so thank you for coming through, man, and, and hanging with us at the Danger Zone Podcast with Big Shook. And Mr. DL. Chef Tanya. You know what I'm saying? We appreciate you. Always remember excuses have no purpose, so don't make them. Don't make them. And also remember, you know what I'm saying, if we glow, we grow. All of us together. On my dark days, I chopped crack on a regular. Ran up in spots and clapped on a regular. Took big fat ass stacks from the register. No matter how hard they tried, they still couldn't measure them. Hard I have, you joke when I stab. Rands in my pocket and still caught a cab.